just want to thank everyone out there who's showed their support towards the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. And if you've got any mates out there who've uh, got a few proper true yarns and uh, or someone who you know who's a mad dog who might want to come on and spin a few to us, uh, send it through. And uh, if you do one favour for me that would be absolutely incredible, click on the proper true yarn podcast, go to your settings of that and uh, hit auto download because we all know how uh, terrible the phone service in Australia is and I hate the old episode be cut short due to um, terrible phone service. So if you get that auto downloaded, um, we'll be all good to go and there'll be no interruptions. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Did that really fucking happen? This ripper bloke called Knuckles, some call him the big knuck, spinning stories tall and true that'll make you say, holy fuck, the cities to the outback on the highway or the farm, crack a cold one with Knuckles and tell us a proper true yarn. G'day and welcome to the proper true yarn podcast, the uh, show which we extract the wildest and best and funniest yarns from um, a few uh, critters around the world and uh, we get uh, Tommy Linwood here come in. Just empty the bowels and uh, got a top up and uh, we might have a uh, a little bit of a uh, truth serum here, Oh, you got a little... I'm excited the about ca- this. The old cowboy shot. I haven't had one since I was 16 either, <laughs> yeah. but I think it should be a we'll running thing. Back, eh? Yeah, exactly, 100%. Right, Down it. Mm. That should be illegal. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I am um, here in the pipeline. <laughs> you've, uh, you've got a yarn, mate, where uh, a bit of a near-death experience, brass. Yeah, yeah, I do. I was um, I was attacked by a sea creature with metal teeth. What? Yeah, sounds funny. I was um, spearfishing in the caravan, and I was run over by a fisherman. Fucking cooked me, chopped me up, big time. What? It was a Friday arvo, and we just had a really big guest trip. Got the boat back, getting it all squared away but we were having like a Friday Arvo Barbie on the dock for all the crew. And um, Just a quick one. What's a Barbie in the Caribbean? Like is it, it's not fucking sausages from Carl's, is it? It's off its head. It's <laughs> off its head. Yeah, right. Well, you know, um, heaps of different cultures. Well, not heaps of different cultures, but the Caribbean culture in itself loves pork, yeah. right? Loves the slow and the smoky barbecue. So you got, you know, all your ribs and all that sort of stuff. Yep. So that's a caravan barbie. Like picture it, 44-gallon drum, coals, offset, fire, lid down, fucking jerk chicken, all that sort of stuff. So off its head. We weren't doing that. We were um, just on the dock and it was all crew. So it was just the chefs doing it. But I peeled out with another deckhand to go and get some craze. And so we launched like the rescue tender, which is like an inflatable launch it on it with a crane off the front of the boat, get all your gear in there and, and out you go. And we'd been going to this like shipwreck to get craze for quite a while because we were really familiar with this island. Good craze, like good good size craze? Oh, yeah, 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 big ones like the spiny craze. They get as big as a painted but they taste better. Yeah, you know, right. like painted craze mm. can be a bit, a bit iodine-y. So anyway, we went out to this zone and there was two dive boats on it, scubaing. So we thought, oh, fuck, we'll just give them some space, you know. And we'd been told by a local about a couple of different reefs and holes over down near this headland. And so we thought we'd pop down there and have a look. And I was like working along this sort of reef, the edge of the headland, 
how like, you know, the headland's obviously out of the water. And a lot, of, a lot of the time the reef mimics the shape of the headland. So I was working along the edge of that, dropping, looking in different caves, trying to find where they would be hanging out. And I was underwater and I could hear a boat and I was, I've been spearfishing for my whole life, you know, since, since I could walk, I was in the water. And I think that bred a bit of um, complacency because I'd been in that situation so many times. And, you know, I had all the, the gear, the flag on the boat and the float. Anyway, so I'm underwater and the rocks are right next to me and it's, real sh- it's quite shallow where it drops off onto the sand. I was like, there's no way he's going to run this close and cut the corner off to run into that bay. I'll be right. I didn't even need to come up, but there was no craze. So I swim to the surface and in that moment, I looked over my right shoulder because I could still hear the boat, nothing. I looked over my left shoulder and I'm looking directly at the centre of the hull. I'd surfaced essentially under the nose of the boat. And so I've just like taken a, because I'm vertical in the water column, so I can't kick down, can't kick anywhere but up. And so I just took a big scoop of water with both arms and curled into a ball. It's wild because I remember everything so vividly. Like this boat drove over my neck and shoulders. How big was the boat, Tommy? Just to put it into your imagination, it's like an old timber fishing boat probably six metres long, six and a half. Yep. But like kind of a mix between like a panger, like, you know, those longer boats. Yep. Like a panger with high sides, quite a long, narrow thing, powered by like a two-stroke 80, yep. you know. Anyway, so it pushes me underwater and I'm, I'm feeling this boat like slide across my neck and shoulders and it was hooking. So it all happened very quickly but it really slowly at the same time. I've managed to get myself into a ball which is like your instinctive thing to cover your, you know, all your good bits. Yeah. And um, I hit the leg of the outboard, like my entire left-hand side of my body. And I figure I've been struck by the outboard and pushed forward and then rotated in the water. And I've rotated with my like head, shoulders, upper body past the prop, which has luckily missed me. Fucking and it's hell. the first... Prop cut is just under my ass on my left leg and that's probably like a 200 mil cut but it was only 10, 15 mil deep. But that's like right up there where your big artery is, your femoral artery, which would... You bleed out. You bleed out, yeah. The next cut is just below the knee and then there are multiple cuts leading down the leg and that just blasted through all the anterior muscles. You've got three muscles that run down that side of your leg, severed them in every instance along the cuts. So instead of having three muscles, I had like, I've got 12 segments of muscles now. Um, Fucking hell. Severed the superficial perineal nerve, deep perineal nerve and the perineal artery. So I had an arterial bleed in the water and I couldn't move my leg because there's no nerves and no muscles to do anything. Old, old deckhand that you were with, where was he? Like, he he was um, around the other side of the headland, so oh, he didn't fuck. even know it happened, which was gnarly because that's all I could think about after, right? He he was out there thinking I'm missing. Yep. So um, we'll get to that. So I've been hit, and I've come up in a in a pink bubble, you know, pink white water. You can imagine it. Yeah. And uh, the first thing I did was 
fuck, I'm alive. Second thing I did was take stock, like where am I in terms of my closeness, closeness to death. Stuck the leg out of the water. It was chopped to shit. It was like hanging apart like something out of um, The Walking Dead, you know, zombie <laughs> kind of stuff. Ew. And it was bleeding like, like a heavy, heavy pulses, you know. It wasn't spraying. It was just like heavy gloops pulsating out. So I knew straight away that I had to get in the boat that hit me. Like wouldn't wouldn't have been able to make the swim back to where my boat was. I don't I don't think. Um, and luckily this guy stops, and uh, he's because of, of the impact. So he knew he's hit something, but he never saw me. There's no way he saw me. He saw all the shit around me, the float, the dive boat, which was probably about 150 meters away, maybe 100. Anyway, so he's looking at me, and he's eyes are bugging out of his head and he's speaking French and... Um, Only bloke on the boat? Yes. Yep. And um, I was conversational in French at the time and it's amazing what you can do when you're under that, with that much adrenaline. Like there was no fear or pain. I mean, you, I knew I was in a lot of pain because the impact and everything, but it wasn't, it was very easy for the mind to move away from it. It was only like, what's the problem? And then your brain would tell you what the problem is. But what's the solution? Like what's the first step? And then your brain would tell you the first step. And nothing else mattered until that step was accomplished. So for me, my first step was get in that fucking boat. And how far were you from anywhere that can help or from the jetty you left on? Yeah, or- yeah, yeah. It would have been probably straight line only 2Ks. Yeah, right. Right? Yep. Only a headland like down the end of the, end of the beach. Yeah, but no help around really because I didn't know where my mate was. Yeah. Um, I couldn't see him. Didn't think I'd be able to swim to the boat because like kicking my other leg, heart rate, bleed out, highly likely to have bled out on the way back to the boat. So my only option was to get in the, get in the boat to hit me. Where I was, um, it's a split island. So it's half Dutch, half French. The French locals are all black and the Dutch are all white, and there's a class divide there, right? And so the guy that hit me was a French local, and he's looking at me going, oh, fuck, this is a problem. I've this hit is a, a Dutchman. for me. I've hit a Dutchman. Like, <clears throat> this is a problem. And I could see it in his eyes. He's just like, I'm fucking out of here. It's not my problem if no one knows I'm here. Like, it's not <laughs> my problem. That guy's gone. And did you go... Oi, cunt. So I knew you were Aussie. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's what I'd he, he, he probably wouldn't have known, man. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. But I did, I did speak to him in English and I spoke to him in French with my accent. Yeah. Um, and the words were, you hit me, I forgive you, I need help. Yeah. Just get it out of the way. I don't fucking care. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. just help me. Like, I'm not going to come after you. Yeah. Just get me to shore, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Anyway, so I convinced him to turn his boat around and come and help me. So that's done. So then the brain comes up with the next issue. It's like, all right, get in the boat. So it's high sides, you know, got all that. And I fucking dolphined into this boat with one flipper and one leg. Like you couldn't imagine. I've swung my legs over into into the boat and I just remember like chunks of flesh coming out of my leg and landing on the hull. And this fucking sick part of me is just looking at it and I'm just like, that's Tom Sashimi. 
Like, <laughs> it just looks like fucking like a real red tuna, you know. Yeah. And I was just looking at it, and I was like, oh, "Fuck, righto, what's next? Stop the bleeding." So I've got the leg above my chest. I'm laying on my back, got her up, up in the air, and I'm saying to the fella, "I'm like, take your shirt off." He had a long sleeve shirt on. I said, "I need your shirt. I need your shirt." And I'm also having to tell him where to take me because my um, the vessel that I was that I was on was up on the, not up on, but alongside in the harbour. So tourniqueted my leg with his dirty fishing shirt and sort of told him to pin it to the harbour. And uh, on the way in, there was a sailboat waiting to enter the harbour and uh, they have to wait for a bridge to go up and it's timed, so it's on a schedule. So they'd arrived and they were just waiting for the bridge to go up to get in. But there was people on deck. There was guys washing down. So I told him, I was like, fucking stop by them. I'm going to get them to radio my boat and the boats in the area and get them to call an ambulance like on the way in. Let's not fucking fuck about here. So that's what I did. I got them to get onto an ambulance, told them what had happened, got them to radio my boat to say that I was coming in with, you know, I specified the injuries, told them what I needed. So by the time we got to my boat which was alongside, there was only quite a narrow gap for this bloke to come in on. And um, he couldn't come in like bow first because it wouldn't have worked with me being able to get out of the boat and all that. And so I'm telling him like, you know, if I, can sp- I had to argue with him along the way because he wanted to take me to <laughs> the boat ramp, put me in his car, fucking drive me to hospital himself. Yeah. And I was like, bro, there's like 17 or 16 like first highly first aid trained people that I know that can sort me out heaps better than the back of your shitty fucking car on a one-way road into the hospital. Like, yeah. and there's also an ambulance coming. Like, let's not fuck about here. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we ain't looking yeah. your boat, bro. Yeah, we're you drop this. me off and you can just fuck, <laughs> fuck off. off. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. done. Yeah. Anyway, so um, he's reversing in and this guy, he's fucking freaking out, right? And he's like full on, full off on the throttle, like he had no, he was so worked up that he had no, you know, motor control skills basically. And so it was full back and the way his boat was set up, it was dragging the transom underwater. What? And I'm there going fucking like, relax, we've made it this far. (laughs) Don't you fucking sink me in this shitty harbour with like a hugely open... (laughs) Wounds, because like when you're in these harbors, a lot of the smaller boats direct vent black waste. Yeah, right. Right. So all around the world, when you go to you know all these beautiful boat harbors in Europe and everywhere, all the small sailboats, every time you flush the toilet, shit straight out. So um, didn't want to go in the water. You know, simple as that. <laughs> fucking understandable. Yeah. So I'm I'm coaching him the whole way in. You know, like fucking suffering pretty severe blood loss. Like, <laughs> just fucking sort it out, mate. You finally get in. I was able to stand on the tuck on one leg and it's super yacht spec concrete um, dock, right? So it's like up here because yeah. I'm only 600 mil above the waterline. Leapt up. Now I'm sitting there and the, everyone's running to me because they, they got the, the radio call that I was coming in and, yeah, then there was guys like good mates of mine, crash packs sort of ready to go. 
But I was so in it that it was just like instantaneous. It was like you get the saline, you start flushing it out, you put pressure on it, you go get the tourniquet, you start getting the bandages ready. It was just like bang, 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 bang because there was no noise in my mind. It was just like problem, solution, like nothing else existed. And I like want to feel that way again. That's <laughs> like that's the thing. It was like the it's like that limitless pill. Yeah. That's how it felt. It was just like the will to live. Yeah, it, there was no noise. There was nothing. And then I had to have a fucking argument with the harbour master because he wasn't going to let the ambulance in until I signed a waiver. What? He wanted me to sign a waiver to say that the accident didn't happen within the harbour. And I was just looking at him. I was like, man, I've got a fucking arterial bleed. Fuck off. <laughs> and then my mate had to basically grab him by the neck and say, fucking open the gate. And so the uh, gate was opened, ambulance came in, bundled into that. And I thought my ankle was broken because I couldn't, my leg, my foot was just flopped down, right? And I was like, my ankle must be like smashed because I can't move my foot. Yeah. I didn't have the understanding that you could be cut so deeply that your muscles were severed, you know? Like that was a foreign concept to me. Yeah. Right? Because a cut's a cut. You just stitch it up and it's done. You're not thinking about severing entire groups of muscles or nerves or ligaments or anything, you know, that stop any kind of motor control. So I kept telling him, like, if I can, you know, can you strap my foot up? Because what was happening is when my foot's dropping, it's pulling the muscles apart. Yeah. So it's extraordinarily painful. So by the time I get in the, in the um, ambulance, like, it's all calming down, you know. I've got help, you know. So I can, like, turn off the gas a little bit and be like, oh, fuck, you know, I can relax. As soon as you start relaxing, that's when the brain has the space to feel the pain. Right. So then that's when it sets in and you're like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck it hurt, man. <laughs> like, you want to see the scars. Fuck. Fucking hell. So I was, I was fully ripped open, you know. The fact that you ain't an amputee, mate, is fucking beyond me. Well, I was so- really close to becoming someone with drop foot. Yeah, okay. Which is where they can't reattach the nerves. So even when your muscles and stuff come back, you've got no signal wire to give any information. So brain doesn't talk to foot, foot doesn't do anything. So I got, that was, that was the, biggest, the biggest concern. So, so how far from when the ambulance picked you up to the hospital? Oh, bro, we're not done yet. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck I'm me. in the Caribbean. I'm in the Caribbean, a tiny island. Oh, they don't have the facilities to sort that kind of injury out. That's like microsurgery, you know. Yeah. So I get to the hospital, you know, they're like, it's Friday Arvo, bro. Like, we're knocking <laughs> off. Like, what the fuck? Have you not seen the barbecue going on down the jetty, bros? I'm like, they've all got longies in hand, like ready to go home. And, I, you know, and I, I was like, yeah, sorry. I want to have a beer too, cunt. <laughs> so anyway, we're in there and um, main surgeon comes over and he's like, look, we can't fix this, you know, you're going to have drop foot. Like your nerve that runs down there that we can't even see it. We can't even find it, like let alone put it back together. And so alarm bells are going off in my head and I'm like, well, I'm not going to fucking live the rest of my life without being able to move my foot. Like, are you serious? And so then it was on to, um, we all had like a international medical insurance and we had a international company called MedAir. And you pay a subscription um, and you can call that number and that will connect you with a doctor 
like 24 seven, you'll tell them what's wrong with you. It's all for emergency situations. And they will then um, organize the most suitable care for you. And so that operation was done. And then by this In the Caribbean? Yeah. So I'm on the phone. And then by that stage, my, my captain had arrived and he was able to take that over for me and then start like sorting that next level out. And so we're like, look, that's, you know, that's not good enough. All you guys do what you guys can do. Like close the blood vessels, stop me from fucking, like stabilize it, stop me from bleeding, clean it all out and stitch it all up. So that was done. And then um, we had to wait for the process to go through and to figure out where I was going to go and do all that sort of thing. It ended up being, it would have been about 30 hours in a hospital in the Caribbean, just sweating it out in a room no bigger than this, six of us, all six trauma victims or patients. And something that I never knew but I know now is about pain management. And so I fancy myself as a bit of a, you know, tradie. I can take it, get hurt every single day of my life. Like it just, it is, it exists. You just, you just move on. Yep. And so that was my sort of method, like idea around this. It was like, yeah, it's fucking painful, but when I can't take it anymore, I'll get some morphine and I'll sort it out. Yeah. But that's not the reality. Morphine will take it down a few steps. And so I'm in this hospital gritting the teeth for fucking hours and hours and hours to the point where I was like delirious with pain. It just felt like, because all, all the nerves were cut, so they're just open nerve endings freaking the fuck out, you know, and yeah. everything else. So it just feels like your leg, it felt like my leg was like in a fire at the end of it. And I, you know, asked for morphine and they come and give it intravenously like in your ass. It's all pretty old school. But in half your ass is missing. Well, luckily not, but <laughs> it was a fucking slashed open. Yeah. <laughs> and so go get the morphine and it fucking barely touched it. Later on, I found out it's like if you ever find yourself in a situation where you have a pretty fucking serious injury, get on the morphine early and just keep having it. There's no fucking shame in it. <laughs> just get it into you. <laughs> because otherwise it's fucked. I don't want them fuckers I mean? back home. Call me a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't even it wasn't even the thought of people thinking that. It was my own my own like ideas around things, you know. Yeah, well. I don't know where it comes from, but it's like, oh, I'll be right, you know. Yeah, I don't no. need drugs. Yeah. Fuck. You have them in every other sense. Like, yeah, why would just, you not now? Just fucks, yeah, wow. Anyway, ended up getting a uh, air ambulance come into the to the island to take me to uh, Florida. Yeah, and um, that was fuck. That was fantastic. How far from the Caribbean to Florida? I think it was about four and a half hours. On yeah, the, right. on the on the jet, a Learjet. Yeah, um, but it was like ex uh, Air Force medics. They yeah. just come in. Um, same thing, like they wouldn't release me until signed all the paperwork to say that they'd get paid. The ex-Air Force dude just fucking shirt-fronted him and was just like, get the fuck out of my way. And they come and pick me up, took me into this Learjet and this chick who was like just, you know, looking at me and she's like, you're in a bit of pain, aren't you? And I was fucked. Like <laughs> I'm not lying. Like I was hooked. And I was like, yeah. And she's yeah. like, when was your last morphine? And I told her, I was like, oh, it would have been like three hours ago. I'm kind of due. And she's like, well, like how much have you had? And I was like, I've probably only had like three shots and it was like three 
because it was the last 12 hours. She was like, well, you're having it to start with. And she's the one that taught me about fucking reducing pain. And I was like, well, no, I didn't know. And she goes, all right, do you, do you dabble with recreational drugs? And I was like, well, I, I wouldn't say dabble, you know. <laughs> I live in the Caribbean. Like. And she goes, righto, righto, righto. Have you ever had fentanyl? I was like, well, no, I haven't had fentanyl. And she's like, well, I'm going to give you some. And I'm going to give you enough so you're comfortable and you're probably just going to sleep all the way to the airport in Florida. I was like, yeah, all right, that fucking sounds good because I've been awake for a very long time and I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty fucked. Wouldn't want to camp. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> That's good. Anyway, so she loads me up and she's like, all right, you're going to start feeling it soon. And I did feel it. And then I partied for four and a half hours in the plane. I got all these photos on my phone. I'm like, you're like, yeah, like me and these Air Force, ex-Air Force medics. Um, yeah, just fucking cracking up and it was great. It was just like everything was happening. Yeah, wow. So, um, yeah, and then when I got to Florida, everything just, everything changed. It was just like looked after and just sorted, you know. I was there for like, 12 hours before I was in surgery with like a double trained ortho orthopedic surgeon orthopedic yeah. he did his orthopedic and then he did um plastic surgery so he did the lot like that scar would be so much more hectic if he didn't um you got your lips go and that done it. at the same time <laughs> yeah they were all that insurance was paying <laughs> yeah 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 and I don't want to set a tits yeah. brass but you know yeah. a bit of <laughs> yeah well I actually got him to take a little bit of meat out of the leg and put it in the other one yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, extra that's, inch <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah so yeah sacrifice a bit of height would they have given you a med- like a total medical cost of uh, insurance or nah? I, I, know I mean, you I, saw, I saw bits of it that the insurance company paid for. Like the room, I was in a, like my own room and I think that was like, yeah, about 60 grand. Yeah. And then the anesthetic bill was like 19 grand. Like I didn't see the, the total costing but it would have been Fuck yeah. fucking massive. And yeah. like the um, just even the private air ambulance from Florida to there. Legit. Well, Huge. We're, we're in the States the other day and it wasn't a, a fucking ambulance we are trying to get it and that was 10 grand an hour. So that <laughs> without trained yeah, people, yeah, yeah. yeah, to save you and all the other shit. Yeah. So that would have been a massive bill. Yeah, yeah, it definitely would have been. No, I, was, I was pretty lucky to have full cover to get it all done. Yeah, and then I hung around in Florida for a week just yeah. to... Um, see the, the surgeon a week later to check on the wound and all that sort of stuff. And then I bounced out of there and come home. And that was um, that. was that. I was on crutches for like five months. Yeah. And they no one could tell me if I was going to be able to move my foot. That was the most fucked up thing because they were like, oh, look, we've done our best. Um, now it's just up to your body and brain to see if how good it is with neuroplasticity to um, re-divert your nerves. Because your nerves are like a Cat 7 cable with no colours. Yeah, right. Cut one and try and put it back together. Right? Fucking hell. So um, what they do is they use these like micrometers and they just try and find tiny little differences in sizes and then sort of connect them like that. But, yeah, it's pretty difficult. So then your brain recognises that the pathways have changed and then tries to figure out where the pathways are now going. 
So it took months. And then finally my my foot twitched and I was like, oh, fuck, we're on. (laughs) (laughs) You beauty. And it was one of those things because it was like I would look at my foot and I could see my foot but I had no idea how to move it. It was like I'd never been able to move my foot. And it was, it's such a weird concept to imagine because you move your hand. Yeah. Your brain's connected to your hand. That's simple. But yeah. if your brain's not connected, you don't, it doesn't exist. You yeah. can see it. It's there, but fuck, how do you move it? Yeah. You just, your brain doesn't know. It's not like you're trying to move it. You just don't know how. It's a really weird, weird feeling. Your head noise and that around the fact of you going, fuck, like, my foot should be fucking moving, but it's like... It's, yeah, you just don't even know how. Like, it's just foreign. Because I know, I know they say, like, a lot of amputees, they, they, they get an itch in their, like, just say down at the knee, they get an itch down their shin and they go yeah, yeah, scratch yeah. it. It's but not there. It's not fucking there. Fuck, like that'd yeah. hook me. Mate, that's... And then, so, from <laughs> Yamaha 80 smacking your leg to... Yeah, it was a yummy. Fucking... Kind um, to a uh, actually being physically be able to go back to work. What was the time frame? It took a really long time because uh, I had existing knee is, knee stuff. Yeah. So I had a really bad like um, everything in my knee was fucked. Like yeah. meniscal damage, um, PCL, ACL. Yeah. So was, those three were all loose, and my ACL was like is super thin, like on the verge of breaking. Um, and so what happened to me was because of the injury and not being able to walk, my left leg dystrophied, so no muscle. I was skinny yeah. as, right? And so that exacerbated all of that. And so before I was held together with all just tight muscles, you know. And so when I was trying to relearn how to walk with my leg, it was fucked. It was like my knee was fucked, my ankle was fucked, the nerves were fucked. And uh, it was really, really difficult until I found this one um, physio who was like really astute and she would watch me walk and because my knee had never been sort of, I'd ne- I never knew about it, you know. Like I had a really bad dislocation at work. Yeah. But I w- and it would always dislocate or the, it would lock because of the meniscal issue. Um, but I'd manually put it back in and I'd just get on with it. And, yeah, so then it was like it had to work from the top down. So I had to strengthen the knee. And then I could start working on the ankle because all the ankle was seized up and when all the muscles, they're separated by fa- like fascia so yep. they can slide past each other. But they have to remove the fascia and sew them together so they heal. But then what happens is the scar tissue heals fully through the three muscles. Oh, so when, when it's healed enough, you've got to start moving the ankle to break the muscles apart so then they'll start sliding past each other again. Yeah. So it was a, it was a fucking shit, shit thing to sort of go through because it was really, it was painful and stiff and, but um, so to answer your question, I tried to go back to work uh, as a carpenter nine months after the incident and I fucked my knee big time and I had to go in and get surgery. That put me out. Six months, no load bearing. And then about six months after that, I was started coming back into it because the knee surgery really sorted it out. Yeah. I think I would have been 
physically able to return probably a year and a year and a half, a year and eight months after the initial injury. Fucking hell, man. Mm. That is wild. Yeah. It definitely taught me a lot about myself. It was fucked. What going mean? from like super fit, super like capable to just being like weak and shit. I was just like, I didn't know who I was anymore. Yeah. Because you, you like anchor so much of your personality into what you can accomplish or what your body's capable of doing. All of a sudden that's gone. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what am I doing? Who, who am I? Yeah, I'm worthless. <laughs> so, but that was a good, a good, you know, that was my lesson throughout the, the whole thing. Mate, that is a fucking unbelievable proper true yarn, mate. Holy fuck. Mm. I'll tell you one thing. They would have, I would have been in the cab, I wouldn't have left the cab in. Old mate would look at me in the boat and said, fuck that fat gun, I'm going. Nah, <laughs> I'm nah. going. He nah. would have left me there for sure. Nah. Mate, nah. that is a credit. You can, I, you can be pretty fucking persuasive when you need to be, I think. Yeah, wow. Holy fuck. Just remember, guys, call out. It's my shout. And keep left and less fucking overtaken. Oh, yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.